Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Okay, open up your books to page number 70, please, everybody. Let's begin our lesson. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd fa'a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Rabbishrah li sadri wa yassir li amri. Wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. We'll do the translation. Lesson number 26, Surah Al-Baqarah, verses 189 to 196. I want you to be nice and loud. Understand what you are saying. And remember that being loud does not mean that you have to shout. Alright? Yas'alunaka an al-ahillah qul hiya Mawaqitu Linnasi Walhajji Walaysa Albirru Bi'an Ta'tu Albuyuta Min Zuhuriha Walakinna Albirra Man Ittaqa Wa'tu البيوت من أبوابها واتقوا. Okay, so when you see multiple translations like over here, just say the first one. Okay, واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون وقاتلوا في سبيل الله الذين يقاتلونكم ولا تعتدوا إن الله لا يحب المعتدين واقتلوهم حيث ثقفتموهم وأخرجوهم من حيث أخرجوكم والفتنة أشد من القتل ولا تقاتلوهم عند المسجد الحرام حتى يقاتلوكم فيه فإن قاتلوكم فاقتلوهم كذلك جزاء الكافرين فإن انتهوا فإن الله غفور رحيم وقاتلوهم حتى لا تكون فتنة ويكون الدين لله فإن انتهوا فلا عدوان إلا على الظالمين الشهر الحرام بالشهر الحرام والحرمات قصاص فمن اعتدى عليكم فاعتدوا عليه بمثل ما اعتدى 
عليكم واتقوا الله واعلموا أن الله مع المتقين وأنفقوا في سبيل الله ولا تلقوا بأيديكم إلى التهلكة وأحسنوا إن الله يحب المحسنين وأتموا الحج والعمرة لله فإن أحصرتم فما استيسر من الهدي ولا تحلقوا رؤوسكم حتى يبلغ الهدي محله فمن كان منكم مريضا او به اذى من راسه ففديه من صيام او صدقه او نسك فاذا امنتم فمن تمتع بالعمره الى الحج فما استيسر من الهدي فمن لم يجد فصيام ثلاثه ايام في الحج وسبعه اذا رجعتم تلك عشره كامله ذلك لمن لم يكن اهله حاضري المسجد الحرام واتقوا الله واعلموا ان الله شديد العقاب اوكي اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يسالونك عن الاهله they ask you about the crescent moons meaning the people ask you o prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam about the ahillah now what is this ahillah ahillah is the plural of the word hilal and what does hilal mean not halal hilal what does hilal mean the crescent moon all right so the people ask you about the crescent moons why why did they ask the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam about the crescent moon because you know that in every culture people have many superstitious beliefs correct sadly even as muslims we have some superstitious beliefs friday the 13th i mean we're not supposed to believe in it but we kind of do in the sense that friday the 13th oh friday the 13th we'll snap about it and what not so i mean we're not supposed to believe in it but we do make it a part of our lives unfortunately now in the pre-islamic arabia meaning arabs before islam 
they had some superstitious beliefs about the crescent moon also. And in general, people were curious that what's the deal with the moon? Why is it that, you know, it appears as a crescent and then as time goes by, every night you see it growing in size and then what happens to the crescent moon? It turns into a full moon and then it begins to, it begins to decrease again until it becomes a crescent and then it disappears and then you see it again. So they were curious about its cyclical appearance. That people were genuinely curious that why is it that the moon keeps changing? What's the deal with it? What's going on? So the Sahaba asked the Prophet ﷺ about the crescent moons. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse. Qul say, meaning you tell the people, that hiya mawaqitu linnas. The crescent moons, their purpose is what? Mawaqit linnas. They are a means of telling time for who? Annas, for all people. So mawaqit is the plural of the word miqat. Alright, and the word miqat is from the root waqafta. What does waqt mean? Time. So miqat is a tool of telling time. A means through which you figure out what time it is. Now for you guys, it's your watch or your phone, right? Because we're usually indoors. But people who are mostly outdoors, especially back in the day, for them, how would they figure out what time it was? They would look at the sky. They would look at natural things in order to figure out what time it was, in order to make sense of time. So one of those things was what? The crescent moon. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, قُلْ هِيَ مَوَاقِيتُ لِلنَّاسِ If you think about it, the sun is like the clock. Meaning during the day, you figure out what time of day it is by looking at the sun or by looking at daylight. If it's really bright, you know that it's somewhat early. And then if it's kind of fading away, then you know that it's the end of the day. Isn't it? So the sun tells you about daytime. And the moon is like a calendar. The moon is like what? A calendar. Meaning it helps you figure out what time of the year, what time of the month it is. Because you know that the crescent appears when? The appearance of the crescent means beginning of the month. Correct? The full moon means what part of the month? The middle of the month. Yes. The beginning of the month is not the full moon. Alright? The full moon is when? At the middle of the month. And then it reduces again towards the end and then it disappears. So this way, by looking at the moon, you figure out what part of the month you are in. So, قُلْ هِيَ مَوَاقِيتُ لِلنَّاسِ And if you think about it, the moon, the sun, I mean even stars, they give you a sense of direction. The sun and the moon also, they give you a sense of direction, but they also specifically tell you about time. And there are people who, by the position of the moon in the sky, they will know what part of the night it is. The beginning, the middle, or the end. For us, we barely even notice the moon in the sky. Isn't it? Isn't it so sad? And when it's there, somewhere in the sky, its position, we don't even think about it. That if it's in this part of the sky, it means that it's this part of the night. We have no clue whatsoever. And this is sad. But it's a means of telling time. 
Now in the Quran you have this verse in your book also on page 71 in surah Yunus ayah 5 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that huwa alladhi ja'ala ash-shamsa dhiya'a wal qamara nura that Allah is the one who has made the sun as a shining light and the moon as a derived light meaning during the day you have the sun source of light and then during the night you have the moon which is reflecting the light of the sun wa qaddarahu manazil and the moon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has determined for it phases meaning it keeps changing why litalamu adad as-sinina wal hisab so that you may know the number of years and you can keep some sense of time you have some idea about how many days have gone by how many months have gone by you know what part of the year you are in so qul hiya mawaqitu linnas and yes there is the calendar that we have according to the sun which is more common your january february etc right and then you have the lunar calendar which we call the islamic calendar so remember that the lunar calendar the islamic calendar is according to the sun or the moon the moon and how many months are there 12 months what are those months muharram safar rabiul awwal rabiul thani jamadiul awwal jamadiul thani rajab shaaban ramadan and then comes shawwal dhul qada dhul hijjah so these are the months of islam okay so qul hiya mawaqitu lin nas they are a means of telling time for people and notice how allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says lin nas all people right all people meaning it's not just relevant to the muslims but all people so this means that whether you are doing something related to your religion or you're doing something that's completely worldly you need to have a calendar and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this natural universal calendar so that no matter where in the earth you are you could be somewhere in the east or the west you could be on land or sea in the night you look at the sky and you know what time of the year it is so this is a universal natural calendar that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created for people but more specifically wal hajj and the hajj meaning the crescent moons are specifically relevant to muslims related to hajj meaning when they have to do their hajj then they must look at the moon they must refer to the lunar calendar and this is because hajj is something that you cannot just perform any time of the year can you say that okay you know in the winter the weather will be nice in the middle of the desert so you know everybody should go in the winter to do hajj and most of the people are off during the winter break anyway so it'll be convenient for people can you do that no hajj is when at the time of hajj in the months of hajj correct and the month of hajj is which one specifically dhul hijjah it's not just dhul hijjah inshallah we learn about that that there's more time that is dedicated to hajj but specifically dhul hijjah is when you perform the rituals of hajj so at that time you have to look at the moon in order to figure out the exact day because on the 8th of dhul hijjah you have to do certain things on the 9th of dhul hijjah you have to do certain other things on the 10th of dhul hijjah you do certain other things you cannot do the rituals of the 8th on the 10th you cannot do the rituals of the 10th on the 9th so they're fixed there is a calendar 
So walhaj. وَلَيْسَ الْبِرُّ And righteousness is not بِأَن تَأْتُ الْبُيُوتِ That you come to the houses مِنْ ظُهُورِهَا From their backs. Al-buyut is the plural of the word bait and bait is house and ظُهُور is the plural of ظهر ظهر is back. Here, another superstitious belief or another myth is being debunked. Now, the Arabs, what they would do is that when they would leave their homes in order to do hajj, And let's say they forgot something, they had to go back to their house in order to fetch something. When they would reach their house in the state of Ihram, they wouldn't enter their house from the main door. What would they do? They would come from the back of the house and jump over the wall. Why would they do that? Because they would say they had this concept that nothing should come between the head and the sky. So if you're entering through the doorway, then the door frame is going to be over your head. So you can't do that. So you're going to jump over the back of the house, the wall. That's how you're going to go home. And then you're going to go back. So they had this thing that they gave a lot of importance to. And every time they had to return, this is what they would do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is not righteousness. وَلَيْسَ الْبِرَّ بِأَن تَأْتُ الْبُيُوتَ مِنْ ظُهُورِهَا This is not righteousness. وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنِ Righteousness is of the person who fears Allah. True righteousness is of the person who fears Allah when? When entering a doorway? Is that the only time? No. All the time. Even when dealing with people. Even when a person is alone. Even when a person is using their phone and nobody else is watching them. That is taqwa. They should fear Allah. That person is truly righteous. وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنِ التَّقَى Now if you think about it, in every culture there are certain practices that people give a lot of importance to. And they equate them with righteousness. Now some of these things, they are founded in the religion. Like for example, you equate salah with righteousness. You equate hijab with righteousness. You equate beard with righteousness. Okay, is there any basis to this? Yeah, because in Islam, yes, women are to do hijab. Yes, men are to have a beard. And yes, Muslims are supposed to pray. This is righteous. But then there are other things which really have no basis to them. But people give it a lot of importance. Like for example, at weddings, typically what will happen? Or at any gathering, any large gathering, what will happen? People will have a lot of fun. They'll even have music playing and you know people are dancing and having fun, whatever. But then right at the beginning of the event, what will they do? They will have someone recite the Qur'an. Recite the Qur'an, and then once the Qur'an is done, then music blasting, people dancing, etc. Or, the religious part that people will do is what? That when the bride is leaving, they will bring a Qur'an, and they will put the Qur'an like somewhere above the bride, and the bride has to walk under it. And they'll give so much importance to it. Hmm? Or for example, if somebody passes away, Somebody passes away, somebody dies. All their life, they never really paid attention to Qur'an. But when they pass away, then what happens? Everybody comes over, and then they will sit, and they will recite Qur'an, and they will gift the recitation of the Qur'an to the person who has died. And they will distribute the recitation of the Qur'an. They will say, you read ten juz, I will read five, you read two, I will, you know, this person will read this much, this person will read that much. And the thing is that at that time, what is to be done is that you're supposed to make dua for the person who has died, isn't it? 
the dua that the Prophet ﷺ taught. You're supposed to give charity for them. Things that will actually benefit them. But people will completely ignore that. And they will pay more attention to celebrating and doing only those things which they like. I mean, okay, people do get together to recite Qur'an for a person who has passed away. You know, some people do allow it, but the point is that when you recite the Qur'an, after reciting the Qur'an, you should make dua for the person who has died. Alright? You cannot gift, you know, righteous deeds to other people. Okay? You can't say, okay, you sit down, I'll pray salah for you. You sit down, I'll recite Qur'an for you. No, I mean, you're supposed to do good yourself. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here that وَلَيْسَ الْبِرُّ بِأَن تَأْتُوا الْبُيُوتَ مِنْ ظُهُورِهَا وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنِ اتَّقَى Righteousness is not in doing things that you think are holy and important and religious. And they're completely fabricated. No. Righteousness is that you fear Allah and do what Allah has told you to do. That is righteousness. وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنِ اتَّقَى then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأْتُوا الْبُيُوتَ مِنْ أَبْوَابِهَا And enter the homes from their doors. Meaning if you have to go home, then don't impose unnecessary difficulty on yourself. First of all, you're wearing the ihram. Right? Secondly, you're trying to jump over a wall. I mean, may Allah protect you. So don't impose this unnecessary difficulty upon yourself. Enter the house from its proper entrance. Do things the right way. And in Arabic, there's also an expression. You know, when a person did something the right way, they would say, He entered the house from its door. This was an expression, which meant that he did it the right way. Whatever he did, he did it in the right way. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَأْتُوا الْبُيُوتَ مِنْ أَبْوَابِهَا وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ And fear Allah. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ So that you all are successful. So here in this ayah, what do we learn? That what is the way to success? How do you become successful? Two things are mentioned. First of all, fear Allah. Fear Allah. Secondly, do things the right way. Do what you are told to do. And fear Allah and obey Him. Then you will be successful. You know, it's when you don't want to do something that you've been asked to do. You don't want to do it. But you can't get out of it either. Then what do you do? You just make false excuses. right? Like for example, if somebody tells you, load the dishwasher and you really don't want to do it, then what are you going to do? You're going to be like, oh, okay, uh, you know, you put a lot of the dishes in the sink, around the sink, and you're like, oh, they're supposed to be hand-washed. Or you'll just randomly throw the dishes into the dishwasher, like randomly, with no order whatsoever. Why? Why are you making excuses, pretending that you don't know? Really, you're that silly? You don't know if a dish has to be washed by hand or it goes in the dishwasher? Like, you don't know how a cup is to go into a dishwasher? You know, in which direction? When do we do these things? When do we behave in this way? When we don't want to do the work that we are supposed to. And you know what? We actually make our life harder. We make our life harder. Like for example, if you just go and load the dishwasher the way you're supposed to, how long would it take you? Maybe 10 minutes? But if you stand there thinking, how do I get away with this? What excuse do I come up with? You spend 10 minutes thinking, 5 minutes pretending to load the dishwasher, 
And then another 10 minutes explaining yourself. Right? Why you did not load the dishwasher properly. This is just a small example of when we don't do things the right way, in reality we are making our life difficult. So if you want to get things done, if you want to get somewhere in life, if you want to be successful, then remember these two things. Do things the right way. Be efficient. And secondly, fear Allah and be honest. Then you'll get somewhere in life. Dishonesty, cheating other people, deceiving other people, you may think that you're very clever, but in reality, this is not being clever. I mean, there's there's nothing like that. We are taught in Islam that at her wedding, a woman must walk under the Qur'an. right? But what we are taught is that in times of celebration, even when it comes to a wedding, we should remember the rules that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. So many times people will completely ignore the rules that Allah has given, and they'll think they're being very religious because, oh, we're going to do the Qur'an tradition. That's our stamp of religiosity. And then otherwise, do whatever. That's not real righteousness. Real righteousness is that you do things the right way and you fear Allah.